I'm good. Thanks for asking. Who's your mother? She's, uh, yeah, she's okay now. Not completely good, but she's okay. That's good. Yeah. So, thank you again for accepting my invitation and accepting to be on my show. Oh, you're welcome. I feel honored. How are you? Um, I'm I'm doing pretty well. I'm underground in my grandma's basement because we live in a part of America where 17 years cicadas come up from underground. Um, so they're they're very loud. So, can you please introduce again to my audience again? Um, can I do what? Can you please introduce yourself to my audience again? So, my name is Gemma. I'm 17 and a rare condition called hyperacusis. Um, hyperacusis affects about one in every 50,000 people. And it's when people experience physical pain everyday nauseous. It's very misunderstood by the medical community. I try to do a lot of advocacy work to raise awareness, including communities like this. So hyperacusis, what is this? Um, it's a medical condition where people get pain from sounds. It can be mild, moderate, severe. Um, people can get pain in their ears, their head, area near their jaw. People can also get seizures from noise and become very disoriented. The mechanisms that we currently know about behind it um, are underneath type 2 neurofiber that researchers recently discovered exists in the ear. They're under a class of cells called nerves, which are pain fibers that we have throughout the rest of our body, but they used to think the ear did not have any pain fibers, and they only count for 5% of the cochlear neurons, um, and they're thinking that that probably potentially plays a role in hyperacusis um, if those fibers become damaged in some way or are um, potentially hyperactive. And then um, the other type that they're looking into is middle ear hyperacusis in which the tensor tympani muscle um, becomes inflamed and that, that muscle contracts. Um, in a very loud noise, but in use of hyperacusis, if it were to become inflamed, it would contract at um, much lower levels, and it has um, some connection with the trigeminal nerve, which could cause a lot of the head and facial pain, potentially. So when you came to know that uh, you have this? Um, I've been doing research um, 
for a long time since I first was around 11, um, but much information wasn't really available when I was younger. It wasn't until I found out about the nonprofit organization Hyperthesis Research um, when I was around 12, and at the time, they unfortunately didn't have any major discoveries until I was um, around 14. But the research organization, as well as the support group, Hyperthesis Research and Support, have um, helped me a lot. Uh, I came to know about this uh, when I met you. Before this, I don't know. Why uh, this is not uh, well known to the people? Um, it's a very rare condition. Um, only about one in every 50,000 people have it. And most doctors have never even heard of it, unfortunately. That's why I try to bring a lot of awareness um, about the condition. The medical community doesn't know about any of the research that's being done because there's very little communication between the research scientists and the clinician. So a lot of patients often end up being armed because the medical world thinks it is um, a psychological condition that the pain is uh, quote-unquote in our um, and so a lot of times they a lot of sound exposure treatments which cause what has come to be known in research as setbacks where persons with hyperthesis um, have elevated levels of pain which cause the sounds that they are exposed to to be even louder and more painful. Can we cure this? There's Currently, no available cure or effective treatment. Um, the goal of the hyperthesis research nonprofit is to find a cure for this induced pain. Um, they work on um, research donations and grant money um, that's given to them for more research. Um, they're doing a clinical trial right now for a device that may be able to allow the patient to completely control the amount of noise that enters their ear at the tolerance level, but it's um, in the trial phases. So what kind of uh, medicines that you take? Um, I do take uh, when the pain is really bad, a type of um, thing called a tryptan. But there are no effective pain medicines for people with hyperthesis because the pain channel from the ear to the brain, we currently don't have any medicines for it. Um, there's a few people who have found a little bit of help with different medicines um, individually, but there's no specific medicine, unfortunately, that can treat the pain and that's why it's so, so hard to live with and the only thing we'll be able to do is avoiding the uh, you know uh, you are the most wonderful uh, kid that i saw in my entire life you know the people who have everything 
who who are very very good physically mentally uh don't have that motivation to do uh things you know waking up in the morning and creating new things you know i saw your work i saw your instagram and all you know i never seen a person having that much dedication uh trying to uh, aware people about uh, uh the 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 hyperacusis so i learned a lot from you personally so where this motivation is coming from who is motivating you what is your that strong uh, will power um a lot of it comes from my own experiences um i've grown up with this for about a decade now and i was really misunderstood by all of my doctors um growing up they thought it was basically all in my head and so i was subjected to a lot of um different treatments um and pushed to a lot of things that gradually made my condition worse and worse the school system did not accommodate me i went to a, a special needs program but just the sounds of the bells and the movies being played in other rooms and people talking and laughing i was in so much pain that i just had to come and sleep in my closet after school and wasn't able to do anything else um and it's just that i wish someone had advocated for me growing up um and that there had been more accommodations in place and the doctors um had known you know about the mechanisms cuz i wasn't believed um and i didn't know anyone growing up that had my condition so i want to try to help other people so that they are not in as much pain and they can get their needs met and to try to change the way the medical community handles and treats patients who have hyperacusis so this disease is more related to the sound related to the ears yeah so so how do you observe things how uh, what is the environment that you have and uh, who said you uh, to have this kind of environment and when you came to know that i need to have this kind of environment in order to have a, a, a peaceful mind um what do you mean by that i mean what what kind of environment uh, that you live in well my bedroom has been soundproofed um and i have a closet inside of there for when the heating and air conditioning unit goes on i also have an underground basement at my grandma's which i'm in right now um and the closet inside of the basement for when it gets too loud and i don't really go out um, i'm not able to go to like stores around parties family gatherings or most social events um even things like listening to music or running um shower water um or using a microwave i'm not able to do because of the pain so i do a lot of um writing 
as well as um, online advocacy through social media and movies like this. Do you have connectivity with the social world? Will you come out? Um, I have friends um, who are willing to be quiet for me and we hang out in my bedroom um, sometimes, which is nice. Um, and every now and then I go to a quiet room in the library. Do you have friends? Yes, I, I do have friends. I have um, quite a few friends in the Hyperacusis support group. Um, it's really nice because I, for so long, until I was around 12, didn't have any friends who had Hyperacusis. But I was very fortunate to have a, a teacher who had a, a chronic pain condition who could really relate to me. And we are still friends. And, and I have um, best friends, Autumn and Shelby, knew me before my condition, and they will come over and hang out in my room to talk softly with me, so that is really nice. You have another friend now. His name is Sai, who is in front of you. Oh, thank you. So... So writing, so writing, uh, who, who inspired you to uh, write and uh, what you write actually? I've always loved stories um, ever since I was a little kid. Um, I listen to books on volume one um, very softly when I'm in and just in general, as well as braille books. Um, and I to write, my teacher used to help me write to try to advocate to my doctors um, as well as other educators and try to explain about my hyperacusis. And I thought linking up stories with my Barbie dolls and other dolls. Um, and so I really got into writing when I was uh, in, in high school um, when we would have these days where it was free writing every Friday and I started working on um, a long, my first long-term um, story. And then since the pandemic, my life's really taken off and I've written um, the rough draft um, for three novels, one of which I worked with my editor um, on and we're about to get cover design for. It's a series called the Motopian Chronicles. It's a science fiction series, but my main characters have hyperacusis. Um, in addition to novels, I also like to write a lot of poetry and articles um, on vocal, which is a site for writing, um, as well as medium and um, a Patreon page that I have um, content specifically dedicated to my writing. Um, I also have a hyperacusis blog that I write for and then different articles um, for people who want to know somewhat about hyperacusis or about my story. So a mixture of fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Um, I'm trying to make 
um, for myself through my writing. Um, and right now I have four Patreon subscribers, um, which is a really good start. Um, and then I also use Upwork when I um, receive a possible um, invitation to be considered um, for an event outliner for a woman um, young adult fiction series, um, which would be completely online and quiet position for me. It's freelance work, so another way that I'm, um, you know, trying to make a career for myself. Uh, you're doing everything that uh, a person who don't have uh, hypercosis. You're like any other human being. You're not. You're not separate. You're not. Uh, it doesn't look like you have uh, some kind of rare disease. You're doing everything. What you're doing, you know, the person who have everything, like who can hear, can do things you know you're doing everything so this is amazing thank you yeah because i interviewed a lot of authors i'm sure you have you might have seen on my channel i interviewed a lot of authors and they are doing same and you're doing same and uh, there is no difference so so, do you have anything uh, to say which people have to know about it? I, I don't have questions. You, you tell would, about it. I would want for people um, in general, if someone tells you um, that they're in pain from something, no matter how crazy it may seem, to believe them. Um, and I also want, want people to know that uh, there there are a lot of conditions that are very rare and that they've never heard of and my message to doctors would be to listen to um, your patients and know that oh, there are a lot of things where the science is not out there yet and there have been many medical conditions throughout history that were thought to be uh, quote unquote in the person's head that we have been able to find uh, physical mechanisms for and I think that we uh, need to look back on that pattern before we label something as being in a person's head. So how do you learn things? How do you um, do you use uh, your eyes and your uh, other senses in order to understand things and uh, improve your knowledge and gain your non gain knowledge. Um, so I'm I'm uh, about to be a senior in high school. I do I do distance learning since the pandemic, which has been extremely helpful for me. As I mentioned before, I I used to be in a small special educational setting that even with a lot of accommodations. I was in severe pain. I've been doing a lot of advocacy work with our county um, that I live in to make sure that myself and other students with long-term medical conditions can continue with distance learning. And they're setting up a digital education center 
after the pandemic, a lot of things I do learn um, either from my teachers or from uh, research um, and things that I do online. As one of my teachers once said, I don't have a lot of experiential learning in the world because I'm not able to go a lot of places. Um, I use uh, my hearing in a way that I have the volume turned down very low on things. Um, and then I'm, I'm also low vision and fully blind. So I use a lot of the vision that I do have um, by making things large and what's called inverted colors, white writing on a black background, um, as well as other things that make it easier for me to see what I'm doing. So who is your inspiration? Do you have any uh, any person or any books that is uh, uh, driving you and making you uh, to do, to create things? Because you do, uh, I'm understanding that you're doing a lot of things. Um, well, I really admire and look up to Brian Pollard, the president of hyperacusis research. He had very mild hyperacusis himself and he was frustrated that all the doctors were treating it like it was a, a psychological condition while his pain just continued, you know, to get worse and he would have that back from the sound. And so he decided to use his knowledge and background in engineering to pull together all of the scientists and people who could potentially research or who were researching into hyperacusis and start and form a nonprofit dedicated to that, um, despite the fact that no one else was really listening to him um, at, at that time. So I, I really admire that. So what do you think about life? What is your perspective about life? Um, uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, what do you say about life? You know, as a human being, we got life, we are living, we are breathing, and we are seeing things, we are learning. So what do you think uh, about life? In your perspective, what do you think? I think that everyone has a specific purpose um, on this earth. I'm a Christian, um, so I, I believe that God put everyone here for um, a reason, and that he has things planned out for us to... Um, he, that he has things planned in our lives that, um, as it says, good works that he prepared ahead of time for us to do in Christ Jesus. And so I, I think that one of my purposes is to help other people who have hyperacusis, and that that's the reason that I have it and I have to go through the things that I did. So you're watching a lot of things having different uh, uh, capability, ability, capacity, and they're doing different things. What do you think by seeing them? Um, I think that everyone 
I don't think people should push themselves past their limits um, or put themselves in pain. Um, I think that one of the issues with our society um, is that people have this quote-unquote definition of normal, and if you're not able to live your life in that way, um, then, then it's a problem. Um, and I think that even if your life is very different from other people's um, because you're severely limited, like how I am with my hyperacusia, that if someone's priority shouldn't be trying to uh, conform or do normal things like the rest of society, but to take care of their bodies and themselves and their needs. Uh, mental or physical, which one is more uh, painful? Uh, for me, um, the physical pain um, from the sounds um, and for other people with hyperacusis with pain, um, the physical pain that we get from sounds is, is definitely the most difficult part of living with the condition. Um, I'll quote something from a, a lady who has it. Um, that the worst uh, part of living with the condition is the, the hellish pain. Um, the second worst part is that people don't believe it's real. And I, I think that that probably causes a lot of emotional pain, at least for me, and a lot of, a lot of loneliness um, growing up because I felt very misunderstood. And people not believing it can also lead to physical pain because it means that they are exposing us to things that are too loud or um, doctors are recommending harmful treatment. So what is your driving force and who is driving you? I would say just seeing how much people are suffering. Um, I interact with a lot of people who have hyperacusis and the hyperacusis research and support group um, and just seeing how much pain they're in every day and how they're not believed and just hearing their stories combined with my own experience and everything that I had to go through it just makes me realize that I, I just have to keep going with this advocacy work because there's so many people that are in pain and suffering and the world needs to know about it, and we need to put in place accommodations for these people in society. They need to be better understood by the medical community more research. So you said uh, one in 50,000 will get this. So do other species uh, get this, other, other living things? That is a very good question, and I don't think that scientists currently know the answer to that. However, um, we do know that some creatures like whales um, can be quite sensitive to sound in terms of um, sonar has actually been known to uh, cause damage um, to, to whales. Uh, so we we don't know, but that would be a very interesting um, thing to figure out and to investigate um, with the scientists. 
One of the things that um, one of the research scientists, Paul Fuchs, at Johns Hopkins University is going to be testing a mouse model in which he changes um, the, the type 2 nociceptor fibers in the ear to see if that could cause a mouse to have uh, hyperacusis. And of course, as mice cannot talk, they would test by if they are avoiding sounds. Um, but I'm not sure if naturally um, this condition exists in animals or not. Do you use any special uh, uh, hearing uh, instruments or any audio devices? I do have earplugs and um, sound blocking headphones. And the only thing is to block out the noise, like the soundproofing in my room. So what is the difference between you and uh, a normal human being? say that I get pain from sound and that most people, um, if they do something very basic like uh, eat with a fork, you know, against their plate or take a shower or just turn on their, their sink water or go heat up a meal in the microwave or um, go, you know, go to work um, at an office or go to the store. They're able to do those things um, without getting uh, extreme pain in their head and ears and um, having having to lay down for, for hours or days. Uh, I'd say that that's the difference between um, me and other people without hyperacusis. So tell me about the people who are uh, already into this and uh, overcoming this. Um, well, um, there is a woman named Maura Black. She has um, severe hyperacusis and she runs the hyperacusis research and support group. Um, and then there are other people who try to do advocacy work as well, like um, a guy named David. Um, and then, of course, as I mentioned, Brian Polar, he has a more mild case of hyperacusis, and a teenage girl in, in the Netherlands, she has desire to help people with hyperacusis as well. Do you eat any specific food? Um, no, I, I eat um, most normal foods, uh, like other people, I just use um, plastic silverware or paper plates. You listen to songs? Um, no, I'm not able to listen to music. The ups and downs in the volume and frequency are painful for me, but I do listen to audiobooks on a very low volume as it's um, steady and consistent in frequency um, and pitch, but most people cannot hear them on the level that I listen to them. Um, right now I'm talking to you, my iPad turned down very low.
yeah that is what my next question is how how you are able to hear me yes i i um use my ipad on a very low volume um to do things like uh watching netflix or listening to some of my books as well as attending my online classes so your your room is uh, your room is a sound proof So what is the maximum volume that you can hear? Um it depends based on frequencies. Um my tolerance varies. Um if it's a very high pitched sound um or even uh, a deep like motorized noise like a refrigerator that will be painful for me. Um I am able with some sounds to tolerate at somewhat of a louder volume but most things do cause me pain and it also depends on how much noise i've been exposed to if i've mostly been in my soundproof room or my closet um the noise will cause me pain if i were to go outside for a while um but not as much pain as if i had been you know going to school um so it also depends on my baseline pain level i said about you to my mother when i took uh, uh, your interview for the first time oh. yeah she don't know about hyperacusis and uh, she had no idea about it when i said to her okay she was understanding and uh, she gave me an advice she told me that uh you know hearing is something that uh, she is also uh, experiencing a lot of pain because of uh, chemotherapy you know about it you know yeah she is experiencing a lot of uh, pain and uh, when i was sitting with her and uh, she told me you know and she asked me where do she uh, stay i said she have a soundproof room where uh, uh, she can hear sounds uh, which makes uh, her hear uh, which makes her to hear sound in the volume that she can feel comfortable so my mom was telling she have to come out sometimes so if she be if you if she uh, i mean she is not telling to you generally she is saying about the ears so if you are putting ears and experiencing if you are habituating your ears that sound your ears become in that way only it should sometimes it should come out should hear some other sounds some nature sounds some human being sounds she don't know science she don't know anything about it you know she don't know about it but generally she is saying that you know anything like she is giving some examples like if you if you uh, one second yeah if you if you if you habituate your body with certain kind of food your body will become that if you habituate your eyes uh, uh, for some visuals your eyes always want to hear that visuals if you habituate your nose some smells it will be habituated to that you know 
you have to make it here different sounds you have to slowly 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 you know tell that yeah this is another sound this is another sound this is another food this is this is another smell so slowly you have to tell to your ears or to your other senses it it will slowly slowly try try to absorb things and uh, won't get uh, you know like uh, disturbed when you hear something different sound or high volume so that is what i don't know whether this is true uh, in medical condition this this works or not but this is what she said so um there's been it's actually one of the things um that has been a, a big issue with hyperacusis um because a, a lot of doctors used to think that a lot of them still do um they think those patients were getting worse by exposing themselves. That was why Brian started his his research um, into the condition because it didn't seem to be, you know, following normal standards of what they were expecting. That if you gradually introduce the sound, that they would improve. Because um, there have been a lot of sound therapies that I've tried when I was younger listening to what they call white noise they had forced me to take off my hearing protection to gradually go places and the pain level just kept getting worse and worse um, and so now there are there are uh, researchers finally starting to come out with some answers um that because there are you know mechanisms that are causing um this pain um that's why it, it continues to exacerbate when um we're exposed to more noise and if they still don't fully understand the concept of what is called septax which is um exacerbation of the condition when exposed to noise above patient's threshold um and that's still something they're researching um the organization Hyperacusis research tries to get a list each year of patient priorities, as well as a, a survey, Sanford Cord survey, that people fill out. I can actually send you some of the, the articles on the, the latest research if you um, would like to include them in the links to the, the videos on the podcast, um, because a lot of patients unfortunately don't know about research that's coming out a lot of doctors don't know um, so it's it's very difficult for a lot of people with hyperacusis so i'm very happy that uh, i'm talking with you again uh, it's a great opportunity for me to spend time with you because uh, i never thought that i'll get uh, 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 an opportunity again to talk with you amazing whenever you want to talk with me you can you can if you want to send any message to my medium i have youtube channel podcast websites i'm a blogger too i i i try to uh i'm i'm sure you have seen my channel or podcast i i try to send uh, uh, messages of different country people who are into different professions and uh, who have different experiences in their lives I'm putting in my channel and telling the world. I have like some a small following on social media. 
Yes, I think it's amazing that you collect different stories um, of people's lives and the human experience from around the world so that people can understand how other people live, what others are going through, um, and just the diversity in, in our world of different conditions, positions, um, people are in. Yeah, I got very good compliments for interviewing you. Oh, you know, I, I feel that every human being is same and everybody are here to do something, uh, to create something that, you know, like you said, everybody, the purpose of life, the purpose, we have a purpose, we are here to uh, do something here so we have to use our life uh, uh, to create something which has not existed before um, I like your motivation like I like your confidence I like uh, the way you are the same like every other species there is no difference and I feel very comfortable talking with you uh, I'm sure in coming days you are going to create some things which will uh, which is helpful for the mankind and at the same time which will uh, help people to do things and uh, make things possible. Thank you. You want to see uh, my environment? I'll show you. Sure. What yeah. country do you live in again? I live in India, South India. Oh. Yeah. I'm putting you on mute. Thanks. You can see a dog sitting on the road. It looks like a city, a large it, city. It is a city. This is the uh, front side of my house. Oh. This is the road. So this is our main gate. So this is auto, that is car. So that is bike. Does your family live here with you? Yes. These are the roads. The trees look nice. Yeah, it's a nice colony. I say, good-looking colony. You can see vehicles going. Yeah. So. Thank you for showing me. 
Yeah. I'm sure this will be new for you. I, so. I like um, looking around at different places that I'm not able to go. Uh, my teacher just gave me a set of virtual reality goggles, which is really cool. It, it makes you feel like you are in other places. Okay, that's amazing. So there is no difference between you and me. What you are doing, I'm doing the same. I'm sorry. Yeah. So what you are doing, uh, I'm doing the same. So I'm sure uh, you inspire, you keep inspire pe people with uh, the work that you are doing and. Uh, with, with your thoughts through your books, do you have have you published any books? Not yet. Um, we have to get the cover design um, for my first one. It is called Alien Princess. I'm hoping to publish within the next year. Um, self publishing. I can let you know when it comes out. Okay. Uh, let me know when you. Uh, publish a book so that I will promote you through my media. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, send me all your links, like uh, what are the links? Is? Okay. I can send you the links to the research articles. Yeah, send me your links. I'll put in the description of this video. People who find our video on YouTube, they can okay. find your links. So, okay. yeah, so can I put this video and audio clip on my YouTube channel, social media, internet, podcast, website, everywhere with your permission? Yes. Yeah. Uh, at last, have you seen any videos of mine on YouTube? Okay, when you have time, uh, look at it. I'm sure you will like it. Okay. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you very much for giving me uh, your valuable time and telling about a lot of things. You're welcome. Take care. All right. Bye.